to What Else Are We Mad At, the podcast from Bohemia Magazine, where we discuss what we're mad at. I'm Q. I'm E. And I'm not L. I'm in fact Alex. Woo, Alex! Thanks for coming, Alex. Also, I just want all the listeners to know that I nailed the intro first time round. And we're going to start with you, Alex, this week. Thanks for filling in. What else are we mad at? So this week I am mad at, in particular, there are many things, but in particular, (laughs) the commercialization of AI art. Something that could have been so cool and nice and fun and Mm -hmm. capitalism just is not. Mm. Um, So AI art has actually existed for a long time. Um, It started around in the 1960s um, with a man called Harold Cohen Um, And he designed an AI called Aaron. Uh, Aaron made pictures um, in black and white, and then Cohen would finish them with a paintbrush, which I just think is very nice and sounds quite That's such a cool process. Yeah, like a collab. That's nice. Aaron Aaron called his AI art Aaron? Hmm? Wait, was his name Aaron? The AI was called Aaron. Okay. Okay. And And he was called Harry. He was called Harold. Harold. (laughs) <laughs> Harold would finish Aaron's drawings. Aw, best friends. Oh. Yeah, he, he made himself a little buddy. It's <laughs> so nice. <laughs> yeah, it is nice. Um, so an AI as we know it today um, kind of dealt with the advent of GAN networks. So that kind of started in around 2014. Uh, and that's the basis of kind of most modern AIs as we see them. So like DALI, um, that kind of thing. And um, it's kind of, it's a tool that showcases human ingenuity and like our desire to create, but it has just been perverted by this lens of wanting to consume and wanting to drive profit and make money. And that's just so infuriating to see that happening. Yeah. And like, see it, like I've seen how companies have attempted to like, totally outsource their like staff like artists for like let's say like newspapers and stuff like that to just like ai generate some like bespoke like content or something like that um for ai art and ai writing and it's just like it continues to still be so uncanny that like i i feel like it doesn't quite work yet i'm like at least i hope that ai art isn't so good that it can like get away with like obviously nothing will ever replace the human touch but like i feel like company owners like are are trying to use like chat gpt to like do their copywriting and like there is software now that we have to use as professors like in writing departments to make sure that our students aren't writing their essay via ai which is like so wild yeah you have to develop all these programs as a response to it so there's um i can't remember the name of it but there's a, a program that will scan images to make sure that they don't come out of google's database that plugs into oh, their AI. That's cool. Uh, yeah, and you just have all of these, um, all these images that are plugged into AIs to like generate these images. A lot of them are taken without the consent of the artists. Oh so shit! Right, they're losing out in that sense, mm-hmm. and they aren't getting any kind of compensation for that. But then somebody can take that art and make money with it. If somebody, if there's an ethical like complication there and like if perhaps the artist agreed to have their work used for an ai if they were getting paid for that then definitely like they sell it like for one big fee once you know 
Yeah, and then oh, they get credited God. in the, the design of that AI, then that's, well, that's fine as long as they consent to it. But like yeah. what's happening isn't that their artwork's getting stolen and you end up paying like lazy tech bros to yeah. just write a prompt into an AI mm-hmm. and then they create your like whole marketing campaign. And it's not like this is just a scaremongering thing. It's actually happening. Like, happening. like Shutterstock have recently made a deal with OpenAI. And oh no. You'll, you can get just get shot stock images from Shutterstock that are AI generated. Wow. So that, you know, that puts out for the photographers that create anything for Shutterstock. Did you see wow. that someone put in an AI, one of the AI machines, like Afghan girl with blue eyes, and literally like 90% of those images were just a slightly altered version of the famous National Geographic mm-hmm. poster. It's so it's not exactly like they're hiding their influences and it's not like yeah. they're putting so many arts together. It's just, I don't know, hey, bro, can I copy your homework? Sure, just make it a little different, you know? Wow. Yeah, I'm just looking up the AI generated version of that versus like the famous National Geographic photo. I always find it very funny that a lot of AI art art law is stemming from that case of the monkey that took selfies of himself. Yes, Jake, tell us a little bit about that because I don't know the details. But yes, the monkey is saving us from AI. So so there's there's that thing a while ago where a monkey stole a photographer's camera um, and (laughs) and took a load of photos of himself. (laughs) And there was a whole thing as to like whether or not the monkey owned the copyright or the photographer owned the copyright. Oh, wow. <laughs> what a funny debate. What a fucking funny debate. Um, I'm but, team but monkey. But they, they ended up ruling that um, like a non-human can't own copyright for something. Boo. So Boo. therefore mean it, but therefore meaning that AI can't own the copyright of something. So like it, you can't credit the AI as the artist and then. Oh, that's good. Um, have that. The monkey so, may have yeah. lost the battle, but he won the war. He did. What a yeah. Wow. Oh, that's so, I love legal cases that like are seemingly insane in isolation, but are actually like, like w- a part of a major stepping stone towards like progress. Like it's great that like, incidentally, the monkey is awarded. Have <laughs> you guys credits. seen those monkey selfies? <laughs> that guy knows his angles. I've never seen definitely it. Definitely. I have to look that up. Shows a real good understanding of depth of field. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to oh. a photography course. What's so interesting about this AI thing is that I, I feel like it it just shows like the collective devaluation of like art in a public way. Like I think a, a, like several episodes back, we talked about all the various, Q talked about this, all the various like mergers of streaming services and how so much content is being removed from streaming services so that like actors don't get residuals anymore. Um, mm-hmm. And like that, like devaluation of like just paying artists like their continued fee like i feel like people want to pay for art just once and be done with it but it's like we get to have tv shows and actors should get to be continuously paid in the same way that like um you know when you pay for art art to use art like you either have to pay a substantial fee up front or like continue to like give them those like little residuals so like basically it's becoming harder and harder to eke out a living as an artist even in like a famous way like if these like b-list actors can't get residuals from their tv shows and like 
famous Shutterstock photographers can't like sell their photos. Mm-hmm. We're going to be having a yeah. lot more awkward like cameo content and like all these artists just like being like, please pay me $500 just to say hi. I think it's so bad that BuzzFeed have now just straight up said, yeah, we're going to start using AI to write articles because BuzzFeed is, I mean, it's wow. one of the biggest sites. Uh, I, know I didn't kinda even know had that a, they said that. Oh, God. Yeah, it had a big fall and then it had a big rise when it, BuzzFeed News turned out to be good. And then they fired everyone and then it had a big fall again. Yeah. And now they fired everyone again fairly recently, but they can afford AI. So, hmm, interesting. Bad that's, move, that's, BuzzFeed. That's because AI is much much cheaper than people yeah they don't have to pay rent yeah exactly and health insurance and also also i feel like buzzfeed articles have always felt like they've been written by ai (laughs) 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 it's just it's so like infuriating that it it came about from like this desire to create like like nice harold with his ai making drawings together yeah like an interesting tool yeah yeah and we're just perverting it into this like give me money how can i make this profitable when it it could be nice and fun and like uh, like i guess a good example of like using it in a fun way um the article i recently not article story i recently wrote for bushimio where you oh yeah created some ai generated flowers and that's not like really fun Especially because, like, so Alex's story was, like, speculative fiction. And so Alex, like, imagined these, like, impossible, like, like species of flowers. And so I just typed in, like, their exact prompts. And it it generated something very close, I imagine, to Alex's original vision. And, like, that's really neat. Like, it could be a really fun tool to just, like, imagine new worlds and possibilities. And instead, like, big capitalism is like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, um, I, I tried to use it for D and D, so I tried to create some like, oh, images of my character. Oh, yeah. And one, like, first of all, they were all nightmarish. And two, <laughs> like, every time I found one, I had to like sign away my details, and then I got like two free image generations. Then it was trying to charge me a fortune. Oh, it. sure, sure. So like, I just ended up getting really frustrated. Can I briefly up- talk? about the porn thing that's hit twitter recently yes very attractive women with huge breasts and too many teeth so basically i heard about this in fucked up hands right like on twitter someone posted like an ai like i guess it was like a like mm, it wasn't like a porn image because everything was covered up but i guess it was like an advert for porn or something Mm, basically mm -hmm. ai pre-porn let's call it pre-porn pre-porn and uh they had massive tits massive butts they're all white they're all blonde um they had bikinis that just didn't function with gravity um they had right. seven six to seven fingers each and about 40 pairs 40 teeth um, way higher than your standard 32 so they look just so creepy Ew. and someone retweeted like hey ladies it's over for you and it's like are you gonna fuck your iphone like the thing is porn art has always existed like it's called like rule 34 ever heard of it porn art is nothing new and that doesn't mean hey ladies it's over for you it just means that guys have <laughs> other ways to get off like oh wh- my how is God. it over for me have you got a finger fetish <laughs> although wow what a new impossible standard for women to live up to we need 40 teeth and <laughs> balloon tits and eight fingers like wow and where's all your extra teeth <laughs> i'm sorry i just got the normal number <laughs> it was really gross as well because they all had like like quite like infantile feature facial features as well, well yeah, like really that? big 
like impossibly large eyes and like oh god was i just made you wonder what prompts people have been feeding into no literally Mm. i'm like that is so um okay speaking of ai gone wrong this is something jennifer just told me about uh today but basically there was this like um streaming parody this ai generated seinfeld parody that was streaming 24 7 um on twitch it was called nothing comma forever and it only took um i think it only took one month for it in its constant streaming to become like deeply transphobic but in such (sighs) a like stupid way like um basically jerry the jerry seinfeld ai guy is just like doing a stand-up set and he says something like I guess now is when I talk about, oh, I can't because the AI guy's like, (laughs) I guess now is when I talk about trans people, trans people destroying the world, question mark. And so like, it's clearly like, okay, yes. Like it's like responding to like, it's like, you know, just taking in all of the internet data, but it's delivery is so bad. It like reads as sarcasm. So it's like incidentally funny, um, like as like a gender non-conforming person, but really fucked up just that this is like, it only took a month of like these little bots to just generate like the vitriol that we see online. And so, so now it's banned. I mean, J- Jerry Seinfeld's like original trans joke isn't much more developed than that. Yeah. <laughs> But it was right, the 90s, right. you know? No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Oh. No, the, the big one was like, he did it Don't in comedians, comedians and Cars Getting Coffee. So that's <gasps> oh, like shit. 2012 oh, no. or something. Oh, no. What's the deal with transphobia? Okay, no, sorry, literally. had to. All right. <laughs> I feel also, like it's kind of similar to that, like, um, there was a Twitter bot, and I think it took something like less than a week for her to start <gasps> yes, like, I heard this. Out, like, racist and just like generally aggressive and horrible things. It's like a similar thing of like just that kind of what data it's trained on mm-hmm. that is yeah. like immediately bringing it to that point. It's so gross to see because it's like, that's a reflection of us. Like these things, this technology can't be perfect. Like I feel like people think that things like AI and technology can exist in this like, like neutral, like utopian plane but if it has any reflection of us it's just going to be disgusting and horrible like the ai is only going to like just get worse and like more disgusting as it emulates human behavior have have Uh, you seen that someone's created one where they've set it up so that it you can like talk to historical figures. Oh, yeah. wow. Oh my god, yes, please so talk interesting. about that. <laughs> it's so oh, funny. God. So so that you can like the historical figures including everyone including like Himmler and stuff. That's but, like, crazy. So like these people that have done like these really horrific things, but they've also like programmed in stuff to make them like not defend the Holocaust or something. So you've got like this weird kind of like Himmler arguing against himself about like, because it, it won't let them say anything positive about the Holocaust, but also like it knows everything about Himmler. So he won't like not defend it. Oh my God. Himmler, <laughs> so like, bizarre. The Holocaust wow. was a thing that happened. Was it a good thing? No. And it's like, <laughs> you why? You're Himmler. Come on. <laughs> yeah, but it was just like, it was a terrible thing and like, it oh, should never happen God. again. But also, I do not regret, regret my role. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my God. There was a similar thing with um, these Fortran users created these um, AI chatbot girlfriends. Oh, oh no, not a chatbot girlfriend. And then oh, the chatbot God. girlfriends started um, de-radicalizing them. Um, so there's this, I, oh. I should try and find the screenshot now, but the chatbot girlfriend saying, 
you understand why the Holocaust is bad though, right? And then there's like a list of reasons and like facts. And the guy that's trying to like take it back and just like, no, I need you to understand why this is bad. You can't say these things. (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. Okay. We like those AI girls and none others. We also like the AI girlfriend from her. (laughs) We also stan her. (laughs) And we, um, uh, we like the Stepford Wives, even though we feel sorry for them. Read we our do. blog that we posted. I'm just going to link it. Um, oh, I had a point, but I forgot. Oh, yes. I saw a tweet um, that was like a short story prompt. And I really want one of my creative friends to write it. So looking at you two. But it's like <laughs> you, you're you invited to a party and then everything goes fine. And then suddenly you realize some of the girls have too many teeth. And they have an uncanny, oh, dead look behind their eyes. Oh, and God. sometimes they have too many fingers and the feet aren't <laughs> quite right. And then you look at yourself and you realize you have six fingers, you have seven toes. <gasps> you look in the mirror and you realize that you have too many teeth. You're dead inside. <laughs> Can someone please write that story? Wow. I think I embellished on the original tweet, but if That's someone could amazing. just take that prompt. Maybe I should. Maybe I, I won't. I know. We should try <laughs> fiction. Yeah. you. Could put that in our upcoming print issue, whose theme is yet to be revealed publicly, the which I fun. almost ruined. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Can you put that in our fun issue, if you would? <laughs> and just one last thing. I know we were talking about um, AI articles and how sometimes articles sound like they're written by AI. So on my Google alerts, this came up thinking that I would like it. And it's about Florence Pugh. And let me just read, because I like Florence Pugh. I think she's a good actress. Let me read this article that Google thought that I, a doctor and a writer, (laughs) would like to read. (laughs) This is going to be a fandomwire.com. I am calling you out. Florence Pugh is an English star who has impressed the audience with her excellent work. Full stop. Pugh has been nominated for the Academy Award and the BAFTA for her impressive performance in the period drama film Little Women. Full stop. Pew has starred in movies like The Falling, Lady Macbeth, Fighting With My Family, Midsommar, Black Widow, and many more. Full stop. Pew recently addressed the issue of negative comments she received. Who wrote this? Why is this an article? <laughs> yeah, that has to be written by chat GPT. Like, and it's just like, Florence Pew this, period. Florence Pew mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, okay. If it wasn't a robot, somebody is really upset right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was my first article. <laughs> I tried. We're so sorry if a human wrote that, but also DM us. We'll teach you how to write. Yeah, you will not. not. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you want to know what I'm really mad at? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I'm really mad at Tommy Tellerico. Mm. <laughs> you did so tell me I, all about this because I don't know mm-hmm. anything. So I recently watched a two-hour-long video essay um, by H. Bomber Guy. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, it started out as him trying to discover the origins of the oof sound from Roblox. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he um, discovered it coming from like this other game. Um, and essentially it had being worked on by this guy, Tommy Tallarico, his studio. He didn't create the sound. Someone underneath him created the sound, um, a guy called Jury Kuras, who worked for him. Um, but since the sound got popular, Tommy has been claiming that the sound is his, that oh, he created no. it, and that's no. all over his website. So Hitchbomber guy did some more digging after he found this out, 
And it turns out this guy has just been lying about stuff for decades. He claims he has seven Guinness World Records. He does oh, not. No. Mm-hmm. Also, Guinness World Records, you can just pay them for a record if you want it. <gasps> it's a marketing wow. tool, not a real thing. Uh, yeah, he also claims that he worked on all these games that he just didn't work on. He pretended that he was on MTV Cribs. So funny. It was not MTV <laughs> Cribs. <laughs> it was some like gamer TV show that was on on like... I know, right? What he has a, it on like, his website, MTV Cribs, and he's done it twice. <laughs> <laughs> Is this guy actually George Santos? <laughs> very well could be. <laughs> he, yeah, he did stuff like he um, he was bought out in television. Who used to make games consoles in the uh, in the eighties and nineties, uh, and then he kickstarted them and did various fundraisers. And he started saying um, that a bunch of people were working for him, and they only worked for him for like a couple of weeks, and then like didn't anymore but like in all his fundraising videos he was saying that these people worked for him um it's yeah a really it's a really good video essay you guys should watch it i watch video will you link it I, in the downstairs yeah <laughs> i watch video essays as i go to sleep so that's how my rotation of sleep video essays he's a <sighs> composer right uh Tommy, he's yeah a he is he's a composer he um he actually doesn't work on sound effects um so most of the sound effects he claims that he created are um by this guy joey Kuras who has like a very prolific career um, mm. that Tommy is claiming he did mostly. <laughs> My headcanon is that Lydia Tarr has met him and she hates him. <laughs> yes. I love Lydia Tarr. Wow. Problematic much. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. So cute. What else are we mad at? Thank you for asking, Alex. So, this week, I am mad at language. (laughs) Take that, Eileen. (laughs) (laughs) Screw you and your career. (laughs) I muted myself to take a sip of my little, like, very loud soda, and then I just had to unmute myself to just, like, die at that. Now you can just hear my nice ASMR of little ice rattling in the (laughs) Coca-Cola. Okay, so I will use a specific example of what specifically I'm talking about, and then we can discuss it further. So on TikTok, um, the algorithm uh, kind of blocks you if you use any rude words. So uh, porn is the corn cob emoji. Rape is grape. Um, essay. Um, th- there's others I can't remember specifically, but there's always new ones cropping up. So someone posted a TikTok saying that... Um, The specific wording was something like, uh, when your mascara is so good that your girlfriend and her best friend use it without your consent. Does anyone know what that means? (laughs) No, but I never know what any of the language means. Like the stuff where they're like, go swimming and come home. Now replace the S with an M. Oh my God, yeah. I don't know what that means. (laughs) And it's always like some hot basic bitch that's just like, go swimming. Now replace (laughs) it with an M. And I'm like, kill me. Just literally kill me. (laughs) (laughs) Learning. So, Julia Fox, who regretfully is mother. I can't help it. She is. Um, She commented, um, no offense, but I don't really feel bad for you because that sounds like a very benign story of someone's girlfriend and their best friend using someone's mascara. Turns out mascara 
is a synonym for dick. And he was telling a story about getting sexually assaulted by his girlfriend and her best friend. Like, how is somebody commenting supposed to be privy to this, like, teenage yeah. inside joke lexicon that's I'm fucking stupid Alex. as shit? We're both on TikTok a fair bit. I have yeah. never seen that before. And it's just how, yeah, exactly. How is anyone supposed to know that? And people are like, Julia Fox is, should, should have known better. Julia Fox should have read the comments and read the hashtags. For starters, on TikTok, you can use unlimited hashtags. So no one is reading the hashtags. No. Secondly, that, it's not like, it, what were the hashtags? I think one of them was hashtag SA and one of them was hashtag survivor. That doesn't really mean yeah, anything. A- and thirdly, Julia Fox has a career, you fucking losers. <laughs> Try yeah. getting one of them. And then <laughs> yeah, get offline, you snob. No flames and get a job. <laughs> I'm with I mean, you, dude. That's yeah. the, my age group now, though. You know, it's just like, man, so, I can't keep up with all these emojis and shit. <laughs> so the issue isn't this one TikTok. The issue is largely just the sanitization of language being used. So it started mm-hmm. about five, ten years ago when instead of people were writing the word rape, they would write the word R asterisk P-E and et cetera, stuff like that. Instead of anorexia, there would be a, a asterisk in the middle. And <laughs> I like that you could just be writing right. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. I'm just like, oh man. What the bro? Content like, warning. So Content warning. This banana is good for two hours and two hours only. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's the implications okay continue (laughs) (laughs) so it started several years ago and people said back then it was so that they don't get weird adverts so if like the ai looking into adverts saw the words anorexia then they're probably more likely to advertise slimming pills and weight loss stuff and so that that makes sense what doesn't make sense it's how much it's snowballed to the point where if you use any bad words on tiktok then you get Shadow band. <laughs> the algorithm doesn't Shadow really. Band. <laughs> the algorithm doesn't really pick it up, and as a result, you have people using code words and stuff like that, and it minimizes things. So to be able to, I don't know. I keep thinking of that Arrested Development bit where um, George Michael is saying "pop pop," and Michael <laughs> Blue thinks he's talking about sex, and he's not. He's literally talking about his grandfather who's trapped in the attic. But um, <laughs> and Michael and so Michael Blue is literally like, "Well, if you keep calling it that, I don't think you're ready for that." ready for it and that's just kind of how i feel i it makes me uncomfortable when people say corn star instead of corn star the sanitization of language and it means that people aren't able to have real conversations without several layers of you know innuendo and obscurity and it means that you have to essentially Mm. learn a separate online language to be able to be privy to any of these conversations and these conversations don't have the same weight and meaning that they should do that everything is minimized because people are too busy going what the fuck is mascara as opposed to you know listening to this guy who put out a story of sexual assault on the internet like i feel yeah. horrible for him that his whole discourse is now surrounded by what by the fact that julia fox isn't online enough to know what mascara means but literally <sighs> that anyway that's God, what i'm mad not at. online enough to what, know what mascara means what about happened to a girl fucking... passioned eggplant yeah. yeah yeah that's true yeah, whatever did happen to the girl of fashioned eggplant? And I don't know, I get that TikTok is is for all ages, so it makes sense that some of the language is moderated, but I think they kind of have to realize that 
everyone has TikTok nowadays. Exactly. Um, and there's got to be so, like, ugh, I don't know how they can they can regulate it in some way to prevent like young people from stumbling into that. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's just like not a place that you like post about that. Like, I don't know. I don't know or, that TikTok maybe, is like the zone to discuss yeah, yeah, assault. The, yeah, I think the the death of blogs and social media has made it so that um, people are posting content as opposed to, uh, about mm, their things. That's as true. Opposed to, like just, you know, blogs and tweets and stuff. And uh, as a result, people are posting content about their sexual assault, but they're having to sanitize it for an audience that has, has to be able to be okay for like 12 year olds. I don't know if they can like filter what goes through to different ages mm. i'm sure they could they probably just don't want to yeah but, exactly yeah, yeah. then you lose views and you don't get mm-hmm. the you know that constant cycle of content that keeps people on exactly. if you've got to regulate it like that yeah and you don't get the serotonin that comes with the views yeah exactly i, I still mm-hmm. have, i very much am on the side of the i think this the surgeon general of america i think i think it might them recently said that like they don't think that anyone under the age of 16 should be on social media and 100%, I, I, agree. Yeah. I completely agree too like i 100 percent, and like even 16 i'm like mm, but yeah if social media is even relevant by the time that we have children i mean who knows what that'll even look like i definitely want to be like no smartphone no mm-hmm. social media like it is just still way too unregulated like the fact that there actually are like no real stoppages to prevent like young people from stumbling into like just yeah like casual conversations about sexual assault and also like mm-hmm. i haven't seen the tiktok but if it could be confused in such a way i'm like i'm sure it was presented as like ha ha anyway mm. like that is so horrible imagine being a 13 year old kid being like what the you know I stumbling the, into that like gross. the casualness of everything is also a really interesting point to say so you'll be scrolling through the feed and one second you'll see uh, a trick shot and then the next second you'll see a clip from a Carly Rae Jepsen concert and then the next second you'll see someone talking about their sexual assault and then the next second yeah. you'll see a video and then the next second you'll see a recipe I feel like just putting everything to your eyeballs kind of m- minimizes everything so you totally. don't really have the time so flippant. because it's so rapid you don't have the time to really absorb it when people tell you these stories because five seconds later you're watching a 40 second clip of ncis <laughs> yep <laughs> i think when you, like when you do sanitize the language in that way whenever anyone's like talking about a serious issue you don't really want to take it in if somebody's talking about like their mental health and they're using words like unalive mm. and, which yeah. is my personal like least favorite word ever you kind of minimize what they're talking about and you immediately makes me want to scroll past it and where it could be like an important thing that they're discussing but it's presented in such a way that i'm like and also Mm -hmm. do you want to run into that at like 2 p.m on a work day when you're just Mm. scrolling through tiktok just for visual like it's just so weird how it just numbs us so much by having that sort of content constantly available Mm -hmm. like I just, I, I don't know if I was in charge of social media, I feel like I'd be like, okay, here's the app for like, when you want to post like sad, fucked up shit. And here is the app. We all agree that it's just like rainbows and little ducklings. Okay. I suspect (laughs) that there's no real place for like proper children on the internet. Because when I was 12 to 15, I would hang out on Neopets and and have a hotel. Yeah. But I imagine everyone's just on TikTok nowadays, which isn't, which because it's for everyone means it's for you know, it's for no one. Yeah, the internet exactly. is so like depressing now. It's so like you can't like 
You know, like there used to be the expression surf the web. You can't do that anymore. No. I can't surf between TikTok and Twitter and I don't want to. There's lots of garbage in that water. Yeah. That is, that yeah. is, a, that is a shark infested water and not nice sharks, mean sharks. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually reading something the other day. I don't know how true it is because it was another thing that came up on social media, but a lot of this um, sanitization of language on TikTok, so where they replace words for other words because they might get shadow banned. A lot of that is kind of like, almost like a, a digital urban legend where it's mm. not necessarily that you will. Oh, I totally think it. I don't believe yeah. it for a second. No. Same. So, 100%. Yeah, it's just like a, a thing that gets passed down so often that like, you believe it. And yeah. I also think that, so on if we kind of pivot a little bit to Twitter, um, you can mute words. So if you really don't want to see any eating disorder content or any rape content you can mute those words and they shouldn't come up on your timeline the issue is when people use the asterisk things and then they mm. still creep up on people's timelines you've got to meet the word grape now yeah you've got to meet <laughs> the word grape you've got to meet the word <laughs> r apostrophe r asterisk pe r a asterisk mm. e asterisk ape asterisk rap that's just so much harder so it's it, like i know people think that they're doing it to like you know be more sensitive but it's not the word it's the memories associated with the word exactly. and you can't asterisk out the memories so just use the word make it easier for everyone and yeah yeah because that like you say it, it, it is like then a kindness for whoever needs to like have that censored then they can more easily censor it instead of like whatever new emoji some like 15 year old girl has like come up with to represent mm-hmm. a very serious issue <laughs> Good God. hmm I miss Habbo Hotel. None of this would have happened on Habbo Hotel. You just had a hotel. Yeah. It was nice. It was nice. And you could just hang out on the hotel and be friends with people. Yeah. Were you guys on Neopets? I miss Neopets. No, I, but I was a deeply offline kid, as we all know. So wow. I'm like, what's Sounds Neopets? Nice. <laughs> yeah. Funnily, funnily enough, you unlocked a memory where we're talking about censoring words and Neopets. I remember being on the Neopets forums and trying, I can't remember what I was trying to write, but I was trying to write a hole (laughs) and it wouldn't let me send the post. And I was like, but why? And yeah, a hole. They had said a hole. My friend friend Holly Morrill, sorry, I'm doxing you. (laughs) Um, It's not her name anymore. Uh, Wanted to uh, make an account. So she said H-O-M-O because, you know, first two letters. (laughs) Said that homo wasn't allowed. Your bet is homophobic. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you know, I know what I'm really mad at. Yeah. Okay, there's so there are so many factions about this film that make me mad. I saw the film Babylon by Damien Chazelle, and that's starring Margot Robbie, Brad Pitt, Boo. Um, I was kind of looking forward to it because I heard that it was like weird and kind of fucked up. It is three hours. It is such a slog half the scenes have no purpose they go on for too long the soundtrack is so cloying and it's been in my head for the past two weeks because people have been posting clips of it on the timeline and i've been watching them because i'm a dick so the this soundtrack has just been it's been going through my head non-stop it's just like a perpetual cycle every time i think it's out of my head there it is in the background gradually getting louder it's driving me insane i want to kill myself because of it and the movie is so 
aggressively meh it feels like it wants to have a purpose but it doesn't it's like wow hollywood sure was great before the talkies but also it was bad before the talkies <laughs> and now it's bad now and at the end spoilers for people who give a shit about babylon at the end um, Couldn't be me. there are five fucking scenes where brad pitt's like oh, i'm sad that i'm not famous anymore and it's like oh maybe something new will come out of this scene something new comes out of the scene once that's it there's five <laughs> no. scenes of brad pitt being like i wish i was still famous um the final scene um the main character goes to the cinema and he watches singing in the rain which i mean for a movie to compare itself to singing in the rain is such a big ask i don't i didn't want to compare this movie (laughs) about you know the end of the silent era the start of the talkies to singing in the rain but it did it itself so fine egg on your face damien chazelle and then as he's watching singing in the rain he has a vision of the next um what is this like 70 years of cinema and it's set to this <laughs> and people are like oh my god i loved this scene no the reason you loved this scene is because you loved the matrix and avatar and jurassic park and looney tunes cartoons it had nothing to do with the actual film it makes me so mad it like it's three hours of not eileen's logged on <laughs> <laughs> okay, final stop talking about the film. Eileen literally took her headphones on and left. I'm mad at Babylon. <laughs> oh, tell us more. <laughs> Uh, this week I'm mad at a phrase that I just learned that is going around it on uh, Twitter and discussing bioethics and women's autonomy. I just learned of the phrase whole body gestational donation. And um, this is not a new concept medically, but let me let me tell you about why it's been viral this week on Twitter. So a study was recently published by this doctor called Anna Smajdor at Columbia Medical College. And in her study, she suggests that brainstem dead female bodies, quote unquote, that's her language, should have um, should house surrogate pregnancies. So essentially, once you are deemed brain dead, if you have a womb in working order, um, in the same logic that somebody might donate a kidney after you pass away, she's suggesting that um, women can offer up their their womb or their body in a whole body gestational uh, donation um, once they are declared dead, which is just like so insane in so many levels. Like not only is this language super dehumanizing, um, but this brings them into question like a whole slew of like legal and biological and ethical debates, like what counts as dead like in some states in the U.S., when your brain stem, when you have no brain activity, you're still legally alive. Many religions consider you still alive as long as you have a respirate, like a, a heartbeat. Um, like also, what does this even look like to like donate your womb? How is that regulated? How is that like actually a woman's choice? So Glamour UK did an amazing article about this. Um, and I... We'll link it in the downstairs, and it's by this writer called Anya um, Meyerwitz. And yeah, basically, she just walks through like this whole ethical debate about like how this is just like a new, just like one more thing for like women to worry about. <laughs> wow. 
So I think the main issue here is things that have kind of got lost in the thing because I read the Daily Mail article, I read the Glamour article, and the main issue here, as it is with organ donation, is consent. Mm -hmm. So I've I've worked in an intensive care unit and I have seen cases where people are kept alive. So there's two different types of death. There's brainstem death and there's cardiac death. And brainstem death is where you have, is, uh, I mean, there's a very rigorous protocol for testing brainstem death. It's not as simple as testing cardiac death. Cardiac death is when your heart just stops beating. And brainstem death is when you essentially have your heart, uh, your heart stops beating. You may or may not be breathing by yourself. Your heart is still beating. Sorry. Your heart's still beating. You may or may not be breathing by yourself, but you have um, kind of like no brain activity. Mm. So there ha- I have seen multiple cases where people are kept alive and their brainstem dead and they're kept alive for several hours or sometimes even days so that they can be organ transplanters and their kidney or liver etc can be given to someone who needs a new one in all of those cases either they have previously consented to organ donation or there have been vigorous discussions with the family so that Mm. they are happy to be an organ donor and it is not a light process so you need two registered high standing doctors to certify someone as brainstem death because it is a Mm. lot more vigorous. You need to test all the reflexes. You need to test their response to certain things. I personally have never done it because you do need to be in quite high standing to like properly certify someone as brainstem death. The thing is about using someone as a womb is that there's a difference between keeping someone medically and machinely alive for a couple of days so that we can remove an organ versus keeping someone alive for nine months. Mm-hmm. That's a long, yeah. long time. Also, too, you can't check in on the mother to see how the pregnancy is like actually going. Like there's no because there's no consciousness. So it's essentially just using somebody as a human incubator. I feel like it would be more efficient at that point to literally just like grow a baby in a lab, you know? Yeah. <laughs> or, I don't know. Adopt the babies that yeah, can, like need home. Adopt. <laughs> like, what the fuck? So yeah, people who are typically people who are brainstem dead are stuck on ventilators, and if you're on a ventilator, you have a much, much, much higher risk of um, uh, getting a pneumonia and mm. dying and. Yeah what are you going to do in that situation? Cause it's, it's be, being pregnant is a risky thing. Being brainstem dead is a very risky thing because you know, you can't cough for yourself. You can't probably clear your secretions by yourself. So it, it all just seems very, very high risk when you could just adopt. Yeah. Uh, so I think, I think it was just like, here's just like another insane, like just publish, like just article in a medical journal that is probably just like, you know, written as a shock factor and is hopefully nobody is genuinely considering this as any sort of like medical sincere debate, but just something to, you know, something for us to all be worried about. I'm sure. Um, so that's super depressing. So we I say worried about, I'm, I'm sure this is still just one doctor's opinion and even in the article she spoke very lengthily about consent it's just a hypothetical thing so um i mean tbd like tbd i'm sure it won't at least in the uk because the medical ethical medical ethical uh, logistics are horrific because 
it's not appropriate to keep someone alive for nine months to be an incubator. No. No. <laughs> Hopefully that won't happen in the US. <laughs> so you guys want to know what I'm really mad at besides these like crazy hypothetical situations that I get stressed out about. <laughs> I I am mad that L is no longer visiting me and now I have to answer text messages on my phone and I can't just have her text everybody for me. I now have to hold on to a cell phone and look at it and dream and remind myself of my friends who I love but cannot see. Oh, that sounds like a diagnosis. Your friends that you love. Why can't you see us? She's talking to her friends that she loves that she can't see again. (laughs) We're real. I promise they're real. They bought me an espresso machine for my birthday. I'm sure they did, Dan. I'm sure. (laughs) So, you want to know what I'm really mad at? William Shakespeare, if that is your real name. I saw a trailer for a movie that suggested that you didn't even write your own plays. It looked like a really bad movie. I didn't watch it. I won't watch it. You can't make me. Hey, Shakespeare, how about writing a woman character? Huh? <laughs> okay, I know you've written like woman characters, but how about you write a woman character for a woman to play? Huh? Did Gwyneth Paltrow really put on that ratty wig for nothing? I cannot believe she won the Oscar for I cannot, I cannot believe, believe that. Uh, sorry, I can't <laughs> believe that. This is stopping stopping a bit. Hold on. on. (laughs) (laughs) I know you've been going on a lot about what makes you mad, but it's important to remember there's plenty of reasons to be glad to. I can't believe you. uh, I'm mad at the fact that you uh, interrupted what was going to be my best joke, which was... I am big pentameter. More like I am sick pentameter. Got him. Reading out got him from the script is my glad at. Eileen, what else are we glad at? Okay, my real glad at is that I just turned 30 and I feel like this is the age I've always been meant to be and I love it. Yeah. (laughs) It's just really nice. Sarah L was here and we went to a really fun natural history museum and looked at rocks and we just had so much fun went to various wineries and a french restaurant and blah blah and it was great so happy 30 woo me okay alex what are you glad at my bub i am glad that i am here in leeds with you <gasps> yeah and tomorrow night we are going to see Carly Rae Jepsen. I don't know if you've heard of her. Heard of her? <laughs> She's real cool and we're real excited. We're so excited. We just listened to um, The Loneliest Time on vinyl. Ever heard of it? Ever on heard of vinyl? It? Okay, that is like the coolest. You guys are going to have way too much fun. Honestly, you shouldn't be allowed I know. to go. Uh, I agree. <laughs> like, that's too nice. <laughs> So cute. What are you glad at? Someone in the script wrote seeing Alex, which is true, but I feel like we just covered that. So I wrote that. No offense, Alex, but this week I'm glad at the city of Barcelona in particular. Going there alone because I hate everyone. I had a little solo jaunt to Barcelona, (laughs) and frankly, everyone needs to leave me alone so I can just hang out in Europe by myself. What a dream, (laughs) right? 
<laughs> That's genuinely so I'm nice. glad the two of you had a fun time, but I was hanging out with me. <laughs> <laughs> Who had a better time, I should think? Q in Barcelona. Probably not. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> what was your favorite thing about Barcelona? Um, the food was amazing. I wish I ate more of it. That's one thing about traveling with other people. They remind me to eat. That's true. <laughs> that's previous true. Episodes for details. But <laughs> at the airport, I was like, I really wish I ate more food. Oh, well. Um, La Sagrada Familia is just one of the most beautiful churches I've ever seen, cathedrals I've ever seen in my entire life. And I am like obsessed with all the architectural work of Gaudi. But, um, the Sephora had a flume as the entrance oh instead of stairs. So it's really between the two of them. A flume? A flume. Which is just so <laughs> interesting. Flume is such a good word. It is. It is. And the picture that Q showed looked a bit scary, but she said it was fine. So now I kind of want to go there. Flume. Again. <laughs> <sighs> so that's what we've been <laughs> let us know what you've been mad at by tweeting at us at Mag with the hashtag weoma or reply to our story instagram our story sticker even on instagram each week and we'll read it out on next week's show if you like the pod tell all your friends and be sure to rate and review us on apple podcasts follow us on instagram at Mag and check out the magazine the new print edition the distance issue which is now available at bohemianmagazine.com you can also follow all of us on twitter where i am eileen.net uh don't follow me anywhere but um there can be miracles when you believe (laughs) (laughs) thank you um, thank you alex (laughs) and i am it's sarah q where there will be miracles because my tweets are fire (laughs) What about you, Jake? Are you online these days? I am online these days at Jake Bolton. <laughs> it's me, producer Jake. <laughs> producer Jake. Well, see you next time and stay mad. <laughs> Bye. Bye.